Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Weekly Awakening Podcast. It is your host, Cosmic Colleen, and I am here with a very special interview episode. I am very excited. Now, before this starts, I got to apologize, guys. It never fails, and it's not even Mercury retrograde, but 10 minutes before my guests came on, they started... Uh, whatever they're doing out there, cutting grass, blowing leaves, cleaning, doing the fall cleanup. So if you hear that in the background, I apologize, and I'm hoping that it ends soon. So just want to start that out. Now, I have Zofia Renea Morales with me. She is in Tucson, Arizona, and we are going to talk conscious enlightenment, um, and she's going to tell us, you know, how she spiritual troubleshoots. She is, I said, so how do you describe what you do? And she's like, Oh, I'm like a spiritual troubleshooter. And A, I love that. And then she's like, and I'm the healer of last resorts. So this sounds like she is going to be bringing us the awakenings that we need. How are you this morning? Thank you for coming on the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Cosmic Colleen. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Colleen of the stars. So how are you feeling this morning? You know, so much better since we've connected. There's something about doing one of these episodes that it like brings in all of that beautiful like higher self energy and it just perks up the body and it's better than a cup of coffee. (laughs) I agree. And you know what? You really brought, you guys listening won't be able to see her, but let me tell you, Sophia really brought like a very bright energy. You were just, I my thing was not working as well and she was just smiling and she's like hello and and we were just free flowing with our conversation and i love it so tell me a little bit about spiritual troubleshooting spiritual troubleshooting well i learned the hard way going through my life that not all problems have their root in the physicality of this world Mm. okay so it's it's easy for us to look outside of ourselves and go oh, well, I've got the wrong job, or oh, well, if I found a different life partner, oh, well, you know, whatever the outside thing is, Yeah. right? And some of that, yes, applies. Those are good places to, to look for solutions. But sometimes we have to turn inside ourselves, okay? And so then we start looking at like talk therapy and, you know, support groups and some of this kind of stuff around that emotional kind of thing that comes up. Uh, But sometimes it's like a problem that's in our thinking. It's something, a way that we've been trained to look at the world, like looking outside of ourselves for solutions um, is one of the things that we have to kind of unlearn as we go down this spiritual path. But sometimes it's even beyond that. Sometimes it goes back to the life lessons that we brought into this world, okay? Mm -hmm. So the fact that you're always picking uh, players in your in your personal life instead of picking the the steady partner kind of person who will support you in the (laughs) way that you deserve to be supported Uh, a lot of that comes back to something that's even larger than that so things like your soul contract things like um familial curses, things that are handed down in our DNA, right? It can flip on parts of our epigenetics. These are other reasons that like recurring problems will be happening in your life. And it's like, I've done all the things I've been working on myself. I've been changing my viewpoints. I've been doing all this stuff. And it's still, good God, it's, I'm always attracting these people. Sometimes it comes down to, you have to look in the spiritual aspects. And And I've always, I've always been a troubleshooter, even when I was in corporate. (laughs) And it turns out that skill is extremely helpful in the spiritual world as well. Yes, that's your Libra vibes, right? Trying to find the balance throughout that. What there um, is a great deal of that, yes. <laughs> and and I really like that. There's a lot um, to the thinking. But so for people that come to you and they say, okay, I have tried everything, all of these things that they're saying, doing. So you kind of jump into like, all right, well, that's sort of look at your um, your spiritual realm and what contracts, you know, like soul contracts, you brought that up. So do you help kind of dive into that, get like a deeper realm? Like that's even talk, soul contracts. 
Yeah, let's talk soul contracts, right? Because we do plan a great deal of what happens in this world. Some of it is free will, okay? Some of it is, let's just see what she does if, <laughs> if she gets this in her world. Uh, but by and large, the chocolate cake of your existence here is going to be contained in that soul contract. And you can never get rid of the chocolate cake. You can just frost it differently, which gives it a different experience, right? So if it's feeling like heavy and overly intense, so let's say you brought in chocolate mousse with chocolate fudge ice cream and icing and chocolate fudge <laughs> sprinkles and probably chocolate ice cream on the side, right? And you're just like, I am so over all this chocolate. Okay, you can't get rid of all the chocolate, but you can get rid of the icing, you can get rid of the filling, you can get rid of the ice cream on the side, and you can go with something lighter. Let's put jelly cherries in the center and a little bit of light whipped cream on the outside and have more of a Black Forest cake experience. Interesting. Something a little lighter. So there are things you can do around that soul contract to make it easier, to make it lighter, to make it more palatable. And I have discovered that occasionally, and this is more the exception than the rule, uh, there is a moment that comes where it's just time to renegotiate the whole thing. Mm. And how do we know that moment's coming? Or when How do we here? know that moment has arrived is you've tried all the other stuff. You've even, you know, changed the frosting on the outside of your cake. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I just cannot do this any longer. The personality is so done. It just wants to leave. Yeah. That's a moment where it's time to perhaps sit down and go, okay, what is it I'd really rather be doing? What might be lighter for me to work with that would allow me to complete some other lessons while I'm still here in this incarnation as opposed to just game over, checking out and, yeah. and leaving? Kind of like when the pain gets great enough, you know, you want to do something different. Yeah, yeah. Or the frustration just gets to this point. I've done a couple of complete renegotiations for folks. Okay. Well, well uh, real quick, how do you do that? Yeah. Oh, well, that's a much deeper conversation. Okay. Do you involves have any cliff a notes? Lot, it involves a lot of like spiritual work before you go to that point. Yes. yes. Um, because a lot of times, once you've got your spiritual self cleaned up and your spiritual house cleaned up, you realize that, okay, it's not as bad as I thought it was. I really can finish this. Yeah. Um, and so it's not ever a first choice. And so there's a great deal of cleaning up that we do. We take off a lot of the virtual reality uh, gear that we bring in to make this world of separateness feel so separate, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that kind of allows for more spiritual clarity. And then once you have the spiritual clarity, you can like redefine your goals. And then I go and do the soul contract renegotiation. So is that what I was reading a little bit on your website and you are, um, about you biophysics, right? Biophysics by training, by yes. training, and you're <laughs> and you're just going through life, and then all of a sudden you got realized you got you had Lyme's disease, and that's like where all of a sudden a lot of this yeah. took off for you. I, everybody likes that it should be all of a sudden, but mm. truth be told, mm. it was a slow decline. I had many invitations into be more spiritually guided, be more aware that there's more than just the physical world. And I went past all of them. I'm very stubborn. <laughs> Norwegian and German put together. Oh, yeah. So like double dose of stubborn and stoic and bloody minded. And by God, it's two plus two equals four rational, replicatable. Don't talk to me about anything that's not. <laughs> all this is old wives tale, mythical folks. No, uh, not, no, not going there. And so it was this slow decline. And when it's time for you to wake up, your soul will take a great big black magic marker and start lining through the distractions and taking away your favorite toys. And my favorite toy was this great, big, amazing intellect that I have. Hmm. And the Lyme disease had progressed to the point that it was eating my brain. I still didn't have a name for what was happening. Wow. I just knew that I couldn't remember what was going on from moment to moment. And 
by the time I had a name to put on it, it had gotten to the point that I could not work. My husband was having to take care of most of what was going on around the house because I would go into the kitchen to make a 30-minute meal and come out three hours later. Wow. That's how bad it was. Wow. And so, yeah, it, it got really, really bad. And so... And you were under... And you were knowing what was happening, right? And feeling like I'm kind yeah, of Yeah, it's shit. like, what the heck is happening to me? I can't remember what I'm doing from... It's scary That's and scary. it's frustrating. And yeah. And so at this point, I've lost my career. My husband's career has been kind of on and off because of changes in his industry and he needed to go back to school to get another degree we're in bankruptcy he's going back to school full-time we're living by the grace of a former neighbor who has loaned us a condo to live in this is wow. where we're at you know all the properties have have disappeared and we're living on a fraction of what we used to live on in this bankruptcy and that was the point at which i got the the diagnosis of lyme and the doctor that gave me the diagnosis had this amazing plan that he does with people he's a conventionally trained doctor and it involved a bunch of rotating exotic antibiotics and clearing ivs and and antibiotics that have to be given by iv and so he gave me this plan and I'm like, I'm going to have to find out from insurance what they're going to pick up on this sucker because I'd run the calculator on it a few times. And I can't tell you the exact number, but every total arrived around $27,000, $28,000 for the first year. For the first year? For the first year of a two-year plan. I'm like, geez, Louise. Okay, so I rang up insurance and said, here's here's the diagnosis chronic lyme i've got this plan i need to know what you guys are going to cover and the insurance lady literally said we don't believe in chronic lyme is that what she said she mm -hmm. literally said we don't believe in chronic lyme I'm like well oh. isn't that freaking convenient yeah. for you guys <laughs> right <laughs> you guys don't have to pay a thing yeah. And so the bottom line of that conversation with her was 60 days of oral antibiotics, full stop. And oh, by the way, your doctor is out of network. Oh, my God. That's all it needed, right? <laughs> oh, my God. And so I'm I'm going down the, the list of, well, how do I make this happen, right? We don't have the income to make it happen. It's more than half of what my husband is making in a year for the first year. And it's definitely more than it'll take for the entire program. So he's not, we're not gonna just pay it out of our budget besides which we're in a bankruptcy, which means we can't finance it. That is not happening. And so, okay, can't finance it. He's already going to school full-time, working full-time, no spare cycles for him to like take on another job. Yeah. You guys were, you were like, how's this gonna work? Yeah, there's just all, all, all of the doors were closed. I can't go get a job. There's no way. And so I thought, well, it might be time to talk to my folks. Now, they've been very clear with me since I was 18. You turn 18, you are responsible for your shit. Don't expect to come home and live in the basement rent free or any yeah. of that kind of stuff. This is not how we roll around. They here. really threw you right into adulthood. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're 18, you're an adult, you take care of your stuff. You can continue to stay in your childhood bedroom while you go to college, but you will pay rent for it. <laughs> okay. And so I I chose to move out and pay rent elsewhere yeah. because <laughs> if I'm going to be an adult, I want all the adult privileges as well. Absolutely. And so I had taken care of my shit very nicely for 30 years. And I thought, well, perhaps this might be the one exception yeah. to that situation because there's, I literally have no other option. Yeah. And so I called up my father and the bank of dad was empty. Oh my God. And it's like, what am I gonna do? And my brain has deteriorated to the point that I'm not sleeping at night 
But I've discovered that if I meditate, I feel somewhat refreshed in the morning. And we went to bed that night and there was no way I was meditating. My brain was like this trapped squirrel, like bouncing off all of the closed doors of get alone or find another job or find that, you know, all the things. And it was around three in the morning, I guess, that I just didn't have any more energy for it. And I accepted that I did not have the answer. Mm. And you could poetically describe it as, I surrendered. Yes. <laughs> but it really wasn't that pretty and graceful. It was literally, I was in an emotional meltdown pile of gunk, and there was just no more struggle left in me. Yeah. But was there a little peace that came after that, that surrendered? Well... In the quiet that arrives after the surrender, yeah. it occurred to me that I had one other option perhaps that I had not considered, and that was to pray. Huh. Not something I'd done in a great long while because I had a childhood. I was raised in basically conditions of religious abuse, mm. and so I didn't leave that with a close relationship with God because it had gotten all tangled up with the other crap. Yeah. And I sat with the thought for a while, and I sat with what I knew in my heart about God. Okay. And that was part of the drama and trauma in my childhood was I would question these things. It's like, well, if God is love, and in my heart I believe that God is, in fact, love Absolutely. how how do you square that with all the crap that's in the old testament you know telling yeah. people to go take back a land that's not theirs and killing and sacrificing children and it's like yeah no the, that doesn't align. Something, yeah it doesn't jive and so in that moment i sat with what i knew and understood about god and i decided i was talking to the God that I knew in my heart, hmm. not the God I'd been taught about in my childhood. Yeah. And I debated, you know, do, do I explain my long absence and all this kind of crap? And I went, no, I'm not even going to mess with it. I'm just going to go straight to the point. And I said, God, I will do anything to get better. And I got my answer straight away. I wasn't really expecting that like because you hear like about people day? who pray and pray and pray and there's no answer. My answer came right away in oh. the form of a little voice that said, really, anything? Mm, and you will think about that for a moment, won't you? <laughs> Not a lot of edges on anything. And I thought about where my edges are. And... My edges are, I'm not going to mistreat the people around me. I'm not going to lie and cheat and steal. And Lord knows I'm not going to become an axe murderer. This is not how I roll. And those are my edges. And I thought about the God from the Old Testament. I thought about what I knew about God in my heart. And I decided to be very clear. Excuse me, I'm getting a frog over here. And I decided to be very clear, and I said, God, for you, I will do anything. And I got my first miracle because I fell asleep. You fell asleep right after that? Right after that. Wow. And it was the first time I had slept in, in quite some time. And in the morning, I awoke with a clarity that I had to go get one of these clearing IVs that the doctor offered, even though I had no idea where the 250 bucks was coming from. So I went over and I'm in the infusion room getting the IV and the doctor walks in. The doctor walked in? Yeah, which is unheard of. He doesn't go in the infusion room, are you kidding? <laughs> and so I waved him over and explained that I'm now a cash play client. Insurance is out of the picture and you know, what are my options given that I'm in bankruptcy as well? 
And surprisingly, he smiled at all that information. He smiled at all that? <laughs> I'm like, I don't see how this is good news, but okay. <laughs> and he says, well, with insurance out of the picture, you now have all the options. Wow. Oh, I had not considered that insurance might equal handcuffs. <laughs> and so I'm like, tell me about the options. He says, we've got this naturopath that's on staff. He's not covered by insurance, but he's amazing with parasitic infections, which is what Lyme disease is. And he treats it with herbs, which are like $30 to $40 a bottle, as opposed to, you know, a $250, $300 IV. That's like, much well, better. Okay, yeah, this is looking more manageable. And so I got an appointment with him. When I came back for that appointment, I was cooling my heels in the waiting room. They told me he was running behind. And so I'm looking for something to do in the meantime. And there are all kinds of magazines, and I'm not a magazine kind of girl. You're and not. then there's this, this book. I'm like, well, the book looks promising. Let's see what this is. And on the front, it says The Emotion Code. Now, I was raised by a German and a Norwegian. So what I was taught about emotions is thou shalt not have emotions. <laughs> okay. Push them down, pretend they're not there, carry on regardless. Um, and none of that is good emotional none advice, you know, and I spent years in talk therapy, picking apart a great deal of what I had been taught. But none of it ever took the heat out of the original triggering event it didn't you know no no talk therapy never did that it did give me some other tools it gave me things to do instead but it never really resolved the original emotional pain and so if this guy had the code to the emotions i wanted to know <laughs> <laughs> You're like what is it well tell me and so i'm getting into the book and i'm like okay this is making some sense this is making some sense and then the owner of the book came back for it Oh, man, now I got to go buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> so you bought the book. And, and, and this is the point at which I forget to tell you that the naturopath did heal my Lyme disease using herbs in the course of three, we three months, not three weeks, three months. In three months? Uh, three months, yes. Fast, really, really fast on the scale of Lyme disease. <laughs> wow. And so I will put that out there so I don't get a whole slew of email going, my cousin's brother's whatever, right? Yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't, I, I've, I've handled that. That's good. I'm good on Lyme now. Uh, because I get so wrapped up in the unfolding of the, the wake up. And that book was the first step because I started going through and releasing these, what he describes as trapped emotions. It's the stuff that you've stuffed down for years. And it's helping. It is actually taking some of the emotional charge away. I'm like, okay, so this guy is on to something. And by the time I got to the chapter on heart walls, I was pretty sold on whatever he wanted to tell me to do at that point. And I knew for a fact I had a heart wall I didn't need to muscle test to find out at all because I make a conscious decision or made a conscious decision back at that time, whether I was going to allow you behind mine or not. Mm. And there were precious few people that were allowed behind that. And he made a good case for taking it down. So being the motivated type A project manager person that I am, <laughs> <laughs> I said about finding out how many there were, how many I could do in a day, when I would be done, and I started taking that sucker down. And as I was taking it down, I believe the technical term is weird shit started happening. Like... I was seeing things about the past and about the future that I had no way of knowing. And how and like fast literally, did that start li happening? Yeah, literal, literal like flashes of scenes of stuff. And the scientist in me is not very happy about this <laughs> and is working at writing off a great deal of this stuff. You had to just have really amazing imagination, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's it's amping up because I'm like feeling things when I go 
from other people when I go into like grocery stores and stuff. And in fact, walking into like a Walmart or Trader Joe's is like walking into this energetic rock concert and they're like at at the crescendo of the performance. And it's like this physical hit of energy going into the place. And it's really overwhelming and hard to stay there. And so I, I'm, the scientist is busy <laughs> going, well, you know, you're more exhausted and, and depleted than you realize, you know, you'll get back to normal here shortly. And I'm seeing crossed over dead people and fairies in the backyard. And now the scientist is going, they're going to send the guys with the white coat and the wraparound sleeves for you any moment. <laughs> You've got far more brain damage than you realized. And it continues to amp up. And there was a day I, I had seen what I understood to be Archangel Michael in, in the form of a little blue glow. And spontaneously this hebrew prayer comes out of my mouth a hebrew prayer a hebrew prayer i wow. i went and i googled like the phonetics of it and it comes back as this prayer for a hebrew candlelighting ceremony now i'm raised in minnesota <laughs> i think there's a grand total of 10 <laughs> practicing Jews yeah. in Minnesota, just enough to have a synagogue. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's not like I was exposed to this growing up the way I would have been if I'd been raised in New York or yeah. something. So it's not like I got it by osmosis. And the scientist is now really reaching for explanations. It's like, well, you sat Seder once when you were in college. You must have remembered it from that <laughs> yes, one exposure. That I'm one like, time. are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> and so it's really, I'm really kind of reaching for ways to write it off. And I think our God squads, God love them. They have to be so patient with us. I like that. Mine, Wait, so, at least. So instead I, of like ancestors or spiritual guides, you say the God Squad. Yes, I call them the God I Squad. Like and it encompasses all those people. It's your guardian angels. It's your spiritual guides. It's your ancestors. It's all yeah, the, the folks. I love that. And I'm sure they probably face palm at least three times a day with me. <laughs> Come on. Ugh. I feel I honestly feel like I'm right there with you. They're double they're double face palming. That's so funny. Um wait for one second. Let, let me take yeah. a pause. If this goes off, if you saw me got distracted, all of a sudden my Zoom said I never paid the the fee and it's and like I had to upgrade. So <sighs> if it and it's saying it shut it off, just just well, that's keep talking, but I'll send you another request. It said I paid okay, it. Yeah. I did. I paid it while I was talking. For some reason, it's saying it still might shut down. So I just want to warn oh you. If all gosh. of a sudden, what a morning, <laughs> okay, right? If that's all of a fine. Sudden, we'll just we'll just regroup. You'll send yes, me a new invitation. I'll, yep. I'll come back. We'll just pick it right back. So up. I don't know what's going to happen because I paid it, but it's still saying it might shut down. So just FYI, keep talking. Okay, <laughs> very good. So. My God Squad is not going to give up on me. They're like, okay, Miss Rational, you need all the proof and documentation and all that business. We're going to give you some proof. Yes. And it arrived. I came home from the grocery store one afternoon and I see my neighbor, see my neighbor helping her husband into the house and she's staggering under his weight. He's bent over in what's clearly a great deal of pain. So the ice cream can melt. I go over and it's like, let's get you guys in the house. And she's explaining that he's, his kidneys have gotten so bad. They're very scared for what's going on. And she's going to try to get an emergency appointment. And so I, I'm standing in the living room with him, holding his hands, because that's kind of the amount of comfort I can really offer. What can you do? There's not like a position or, or something that's going to make it feel better. And he closes his eyes and I can see his lips are moving. And I know them to be very devout people. What I would describe as the best kind of Christians. They, they have that personal relationship with God. They, they live that out into the world in supportive ways as opposed to judgmental ways. <laughs> um, and so I don't want to just watch him having this private moment. So I go ahead and close my eyes. And in my mind's eye, I see this little tiny pilot light 
almost. It's a tiny flame and it's flickering and dancing the way it does right before it goes. And I'm given this understanding, this knowing that that's where he's at with his life force. And I'm not acknowledging where this information is coming from or analyzing any of this in this moment. And I know that this question did not come from the scientist. But I thought to myself, and whoever else was with me in that moment, <laughs> which again, I haven't even acknowledged. The God Squad. The God Squad. I said, is there something we can do about that? And the instant I had that thought, that fire blew into this great big roaring like bonfire. I don't know how big it got because he dropped my hands and my eyes flew open. And he says, are you a healer? And I'm looking around to see who he's talking to because, ah, scientific queen over here. That faith healing is new. No, 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 no. What is that rubbish? Yeah, exactly. And I was saved from having to answer because his wife came back and said, we've got the emergency appointment. we got to go right now. So we hustle them all out into the car. And I had it in my house for two days. Well, the scientist went apeshit and eventually convinced me that nothing had happened. It was all Im mutual imagination, right? <laughs> Coincidence <laughs> that he should drop my hands and ask that question in that exact moment. And I guilted myself back next door. I'm a good mess Midwestern girl. When your neighbor's in distress, you bring over soup, you shovel their driveway. And I hadn't even checked in on them, let alone done any of those other things. So I guilted myself back next door, expecting that she is probably in the middle of planning a funeral or dashing back and forth to the ICU. And so I tapped on the door and she opens the door with a smile on her face. I'm like, okay, so maybe it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. And she invites me in, okay, great. And then she says the words that make my stomach sink all the way down through my feet. Jay has so many questions for you. Wow. <gasps> Uh-oh. And I'm already in, so I can't run away. <laughs> yeah. I've got to go forward. And we go into the living room. He's in his Barker lounger. He's got his drink at his elbow and his book and his remote, and he's looking fat and happy. <laughs> I, how you doing? He says, you know, it was the strangest thing. By the time I got to the doctor's office, I was feeling pretty good. And they ran me through the usual battery of tests, and my kidney function came back normal. He's had kidney disease deteriorating for like 15 years at this point. Wow. And if you talk to conventional kidney doctor people, they will tell you there is one direction that kidney disease goes. Down. That is downhill and out the door. And his kidney disease reversed itself. In the time it took to drive to the doctor's office, he's got a pile of documentation like this that says that his kidneys were done for. And yet now they're not. So, Miss Scientist, there's all of your proof. And that was the moment when I had to tell the scientists to sit down and shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I started to look at everything that went on in the prior couple of weeks in a very different light. And was that easy for you? Like, did you feel like this? Like, was it easy to shut the fucking <laughs> the scientist up? You no, know? no, not at all. No. Not at all. She's still alive and well and with us and weighs in from time to time. It's like and a cycle, so, right? That energy yeah, is in us. There's, there's always kind of this balancing act, right? There's this woo moment and there's this practical mundane moment. And then there's this woo moment and this practical mundane moment. And I... Think of it a little bit like walking, the balance between those two. You're never like smack in the center. You're always leaning a little to the left or a little to the right. And as you do that back and forth motion, you move forward bit by bit, step 
by step. I love that. I love that. So now when was all that in comparison to like, how many years ago was that? That was nine, almost going on 10 years ago. Okay. So since then, you you have been not only have walking a path of spiritual alignment and self with yourself, but now you've been teaching it and healing. When did that kick off? When did the business side of everything kick off for you? I was... uh, kind of precocious on that front, I guess. (laughs) Uh, I spent, my God Squad kept me pretty isolated with my learning to start with. It was a series of books and meditation moments in the morning where clarity would arrive around different things or different things I was supposed to do each morning. And I, I leaned into that. I would deliberately invite okay, what is the single most important thing for me to be doing today, every morning? And I have to say, it was kind of disappointing to start out, (laughs) right? Because you have these visions that it's going to be like, your purpose, it comes and arrives fully formed on a platter. That is not how that shit happens. Yeah, and I love (laughs) these. At least not most of the time. Normally how it arrived for me was it would be something very simple and mundane that I could accomplish that day. Call this person, go to this bookstore. And it's like, really, that's it? That's all you're asking for? Yeah, really, that's all we're asking for. And I think it's kind of, what I want to say, it's very supportive in a lot of ways that it unfolds that way, even though for our ego mind, our personality, it can be very frustrating. But when it comes in small bits like that, that's how you start to build trust. Trust with the universe and trust with yourself. Exactly. It's, it's easy to trust that, okay, uh, I'm to call this person I haven't talked to in five years. I also feel, I, I also love because it, it helps keep it simple, right? Our, yeah. our human mind wants to overcomplicate things. The little scientist oh, wants over and it's sort of like that process gosh. of one thing at a time. Yeah, it, it was after about a year and a half, I think, of going through this process. And I'd, I'd started doing sessions for people on like a barter basis. A uh, girlfriend and I had done a, a retreat together in Costa Rica. A, f- a few businessy things like that had started to take place. Um, I was sitting in my morning meditation. What, what do I need to know or, or do today? And what arrived for me is you're supposed to have a radio show. I'm like radio show. Okay. Now the project manager perks up, right? Here's something I can get my teeth into. <laughs> and so I'm I'm calling the people I know who've done this sort of thing in the past, getting introductions to producers and have in my mind this expectation that this is something that's supposed to be happening right now. And I did everything I could think of to pull that together and it was not coming together. And so I had to have a moment where I sat and went, okay, I've kind of changed my, my ask from what am I to do today to what am I to do or no. And so it might be that I'm to know there's a radio show coming at some point, but it's not right now. And so I let that go for almost three years. And then I got a call from one of the producers I had connected with. And at this point we were back in Arizona, their location is in Phoenix. And so it's like, well, sure. Why don't I come up and we'll tour the station and do that sort of thing. And it turned out that was the moment that the radio show was supposed to come together, not you know three years previous. So I was pretty quick out of the gate, like doing sessions with people and this sort of thing and being in motion. There's a lot to be said for being in motion because you can't steer a parked car. Yeah. But it takes a lot of trust. And I think that's why you start with the little things and you grow to the bigger things. Uh, My challenge with it is always leaving the, the expectations that my mind wants to put on it out of the equation. And, and how do you do that? How is it just like a conscious it's daily? It's an ongoing process, a yes. conscious return to curiosity. 
Mm. When I see myself coming to a conclusion about something that's gone on, it's like, okay, maybe, but let's be curious about what's really going to unfold here. Because one thing I've noticed about following the spiritual path is it's very windy and twisty. It's not straight. Your your mind and your personality like straight. I'm going to go from A and directly over there to D. And the the spirit follow, it's more like a river. It follows and takes twists and turns. It's like, let me go um, up to this mountain maybe and park there for a little bit. And then yeah, the and then we're not going to climb the mountain. We're going to just edge around the bottom of the mountain. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of what happens in our life, it's not because we're going straight towards that thing, whatever it is, but because going straight towards that thing will now put us in a position where we can see that there is an option to go left or right at that point that we couldn't see from where we were. And so I like to remind myself of that when I have what my personality wants to call a setback or a disappointment. It's like, oh, wow, it looked like I, I was going to get this job. It was so amazing and so aligned and the people were awesome and I'd made all the arrangements and then it got, the rug got pulled out from under me. Well, because that wasn't your end goal. And so now that the rug's been pulled out for you, take a look around and see what new opportunities have put themselves in your environment because you're here for a reason. And so it's it's time to ask, how does this serve me? After you've had that initial meltdown of, oh my God, it was a <laughs> thing and it was yanked away because you're gonna continue to be human, right? Yeah. And so it's always this push and pull and you need to allow for that human expression of emotions so they don't get trapped. A lot, a lot of myth I see happen in the new age spiritual enlightenment community uh and one of them is when you're enlightenment it's just all going to be like this grease slide into amazing success no life continues to be life yes okay and you continue to be human and while it's a beautiful thing to remain positive and upbeat you do still need to allow the human expression of emotions and the reaction that occurs with disappointment or upset or betrayal or whatever the yeah. thing is. It's just that we don't live in that reaction. Yeah, right? you don't want to camp in that reaction. No. <laughs> we want to feel it. We want to bring it in and feel it to heal it. And, yeah, and, well, and to ask, you know, what is the message you're bringing with you? Uh, emotions are not don't necessarily need to be healed. Yeah. I, I think that's another myth that that sits in this area of of life. Emotions are messengers. Yeah. They're here to tell you something. They're here to tell you. Anger tells you that a boundary has been violated. Okay. Sadness tells you that you'd gotten very attached to the way something was, whatever the thing was, whether it was a relationship or a condition or a job or a thing. Um, and, you know, it's perhaps an invitation to hold those attachments a little more lightly. Um, anger, you know, it might be a moment to sit down and look at your communication. You know, did you communicate clearly to this person that you have a boundary there? Or did you assume that they would know that, that they had that same set of rules that you have in your mind? You know, these are all invitations to actions to benefit ourselves. I love, I really love that actually. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, and a deeper awareness into ourselves. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I acting this way? What am I doing? What yeah. are some of your like favorite spiritual tools that you like oh, to use that you gain? Oh, I have dozens of spiritual tools in my toolbox. I would have to say my most currently favorite one is actually hypnosis. I got my hypnosis certification recently. Really? And well, because it allows you to go in and talk to your subconscious mind directly yeah. in the language it understands without the conscious mind standing in the way and interfering because the con subconscious mind is here to serve us and it serves us very faithfully every day and it is 
the thing that keeps you, quote unquote, humble. <laughs> uh, you know, if you've been having self-esteem problems and loving yourself, it, that sits in the subconscious. Uh, if you have a belief you haven't been able to kick about, well, you might go to hell if you don't believe the way the religion of your childhood said you were supposed to believe, you're not going to consciously shift that. And you know that because you've already tried to consciously shift that. That's something that happens in your subconscious. Yes. And I absolutely adore hypnosis for doing that sort of thing. Um, so one of my favorite tools right now, it's a challenging one to learn to do for yourself. And you need to pay close attention to who you're going to if you decide to allow someone into your subconscious mind because they can they can fuck the job up too. Mm, yeah. So I would not recommend going to somebody who's like, oh, I got certified this weekend. It was only two days. Yeah. No. No. no that's that's not your person. No. <laughs> you want somebody who's been through weeks of practice and dozens and dozens of clients. Yeah. To go in and and work in your subconscious mind um so that's my personal favorite tool right now to use for myself and clients some more accessible tools that i love to have on a day-to-day -day basis muscle testing was my first spiritual tool that i actually accepted easier for the I'm scientists sorry, to muscle testing muscle testing can you they explain a little bit more they also call it kinesiology. Oh. Um, it's based on the following principle. And as far as I'm concerned, it's a black box. I don't know how it works. I can only tell you that it is replicatable and that it does work. And the premise is when you hear and experience truth, you get stronger. When you hear and experience falsehood, you become weaker. And so they call it muscle testing because it's based on the strength or weakness of a muscle. And you can have other people do it on you. This is the most common form that most people have seen. You hold out your arm, a statement is made and someone else pressing on your arm and then we'll see if your arm drops or not. And that will tell us truth or falsehood. Um, and that was how I was initially exposed to it as well. And I'm like, God, I wanna be able to do this for myself. Well, it turns out you can muscles test for yourself by yourself. Oh, wow. And you can, there are like four or five different ways you can do it. Um, the simplest one for most people requires both hands. You take your index finger and your thumb and you make a little loop and you take your other index finger and thumb and you make a loop so they're connected. Okay. And if you if, hold them firmly, you can't pull them apart, right? Nope, I can't pull them. Yeah. And so if you say something true, like two plus two equals four, and you pull it, they're going to stay connected. If you say something untrue, like two plus two equals five, now you can pull them apart. Wow. Okay. So that's the simplest one to teach people. My favorite one is a single handed method where you you stick out your middle finger horizontally don't flip people off <laughs> horizontally and then you put your index finger on top of it feels a little awkward to start okay, okay. nope other way around oh, middle way. fingers out index on top there you go and then you push with your index finger you can't really push it down very easily because the middle finger is stronger yeah. You got to hold it straight out. You you've got it bent already. Straight, I'm straight, straight. I'm already bent. I'm straight, a bent straight, woman. straight. There you go. There we go. Okay. And then if you say two plus two equals five, now you can push it down. Two plus two equals five. Yeah. There you go. Oh my God, this is wild. Isn't that interesting? And I love the single-handed one because. I don't have to empty my hands to do it. I can be, you know, holding something from the grocery store in one hand and test with the other hand. Is is it optimal for the, me to have this, right? <laughs> so it, it's it's a very useful and practical thing. And no one else needs to even realize you're doing it, which is also lovely. You get less weird looks and questions. <laughs> I feel like you got, you really got a lot of like actual tools, you know what I mean? Spiritual tools. Like you're literally yes. turning body into tools, you know what I mean? Like not just like 
perceptions and theories yeah. and understanding is of the mind, you're creating real well, spiritual tools or using real uh, spiritual tools. Real spiritual tools, exactly. And your soul talks to you through your body. Yes, it does. These, these aches and pains and things oftentimes have explanations attached to them. There are books and books on, well, you know, if you stub your toe, it means this. And I think some of that does apply in a, what I want to say, a broad brushstroke sort of way. Um, but what I'm talking about in following the, the signs from your body, this is part of how your subconscious and your higher self will talk to you also. Mm. And so when I'm working with a client, we literally listen to what the body has to tell us as we're going through the session. In fact, if you have a session with me, you will hear a lot of, all right, feel into your body and tell me what's talking to you now and describe that sensation. And, you know, once we've got that parsed out, it's like, okay, as that information's coming in, I'm being shown what this is relating to. And so then we can go through and work through that particular issue whatever aspect of of yourself it arrived at wow now how do people how do they work with you how can someone work with you one of our listeners what what's how can they find you how can they find me that i have two doors into zofia land so it kind of depends on what your particular Sophia. needs are in the moment yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so the the door that most people come in through uh, is a quiz that I created because we have this tendency to look around and go, oh, everybody in this world is so much more gifted than I am. Mm. Sweetheart, you are gifted also. And yes. so this is the mirror that will allow you to see some of what's on the outside of your bottle, what the rest of us see. My favorite exercise when I'm doing a development circle is to, to sit everybody literally in a circle and it's like you tell that person what you see about them and admire about them and then the person next to them tells them oh, I love that. their stuff. Because so often it's easy to go, wow, if only I could see the way that person does and that person's going, oh my God, it'd be so nice to just know instead of playing charades all the time, right? Yes, yes that's happening two years. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I created the what is your number one spiritual superpower quiz to give you a little piece, peek into what your giftedness is because that's tied up in your purpose and so you can find that at superpowerquiz.us and it just takes a few minutes to go through and you get a lovely result at the end and you end up on my email list which allows you to hang around zofia land and see what's up <laughs> i like it zofia land has been a lot of fun so far so that's door one door two is for those of you who are having one of these frustrating like dark night kind of moments um and i just i need some insight and how do i unravel this stuff and so i do a free 20 minute conversation and before the talk i i pull up your human design i pull up your soul contract to get an idea of you know what you plan to come here to do and how you plan to engage with this world and then we have that conversation about you you dump out your frustrations this is this is the thing that's making me crazy and you leave with a plan and one of the options obviously will be to work directly with me in resolving it but it's a no strings conversation and you can take your plan and go off and do what you need to do my feeling is you can do 80 percent of your healing work all by yourself yeah yeah. Okay, if you're properly motivated and you equip yourself with the tools. And then there's 20% where you need somebody to hold the space or to point out the thing that you've been unable to see or to give you another viewpoint uh, or literally to do light body surgery, which is another one of these lovely tools that I have. <laughs> <laughs> light body surgery? What is that? Yeah, well, you know, we have this physicality that we we can all see yeah and then we have um, an emotional body and a mental body and a spiritual body uh, and some people can see some, one or more of those okay people who see auras is seeing one or more of those higher level bodies um, and it's all part of being 
part of your interface into this world, right? Yeah. Because we're not just the density of the physical body, but we've got those other aspects that kind of, what do I want to say, ride outside of ourselves. And you notice that when somebody with a lot of quote unquote charisma comes into the room, you can feel them arrive energetically. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because they've got this big, bold, amazing, you know, see me body that's happening in their emotions and their, <laughs> their mental, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, for example, there are some people that you're around that it's like, I just love being near this person. Yeah, I don't care if I talk to them or they talk to me. I just want to be close to them because they've got just this amazing energy that flows around them. Healers are that way. Healers have huge energy bodies that are, you know, 30, 40 feet out around them. Yeah. Um, and if you are a healer who's feeling like, oh, God, I need to stay away from people, it's because you haven't learned how to properly cleanse that energy body so that the stuff from other people doesn't stick to you. <laughs> they can come in and drop it, but you don't have to leave with it. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to leave with it. I've... And, and it's something you can learn to do. You don't have to isolate yourself. Wow. Well, it sounds yeah. like you have a lot. I like, you have a lot of tools in the toolbox. I got to end this episode, but every time I try, you're, you say something else interesting. And I'm like, wait, uh, wait hold on. Well, keep there's, not, there's nothing that restricts us to a single episode, right? Nothing. We can always come back and dig deeper. I would, I would love this. it. I would love it. And you just have such good, good energy. Just like you said, like I can see your energy through this and I can feel it. I can feel it in in you. And so you have a radio show as well, right? So if we want to go yes. on and listen to your radio show, what is yes. that? Yes, if you want to check out my show, it is called Sovereign Self, Weaving Spiritual Awakening with the Fabric of Everyday Life. And on it, we follow the awakening journey because while none of us are identical and have an identical journey, much of what we do rhymes. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And so it's useful to follow other people's journeys to get some insight into maybe what some of the possibilities are for yourself. Yeah. And so you can find that it comes out Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific time and you go to sovereignself.live. And if the show is on, the show will play. Otherwise, you can go into the archives and enjoy the last three and a half years, almost four years now. <laughs> that is so cool. That is awesome. And just on your show, it's just like you said, all the awakening topics, spiritual topics that we've been talking about on our show. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've we've got a, we follow a lot of journeys we also have some repeat guests who have come back and talked about things like well how do you have a real balanced uh what i want to say supportive relationship with someone else if all of your relationships have been shit up to this point right <laughs> i mean <laughs> I d my, what was modeled for me was crap what i've had is crap how do i start yes. you know so i've got people who discuss those kinds of things uh psychic defense kind of stuff if you've been having trouble with entities and crap we've had people who've come on talking about that we talk about uh, heart-centered business, right? So much of the business out there is cutthroat, but there are ways to have sales conversations that are supportive to other people that forward yourself and the client. No one is a victim in the, <laughs> in the transaction, that sort of thing. So yeah, we cover all of the topics really that you run into over the course of life. I love it. Okay all the journeys right because your soul's going to talk to you in the language that's most important to your personality expression right now in this world yes it will oh my god i love that and, and tell us your website again one more time uh website is transformationspace.co okay okay and, and i'm going to have so, all of that in the show notes for everyone yeah and you can find all all of what you need in there and if you don't find it there's a contact me page it's like i can't find this <laughs> we'll get you fixed up <laughs> uh, awesome well thank you sovia this has been a really fun and awakening episode and again with you is good because we just kind of flowed and and you flowed with the energy of of my half breaking down since the interview <laughs> started so again i'm grateful to have someone Bre as like breaking open. down is always the beginning of the next amazing thing isn't that right i love that
I love that. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I will definitely have all, everything in these show notes. So don't forget to check her out. Um, and are you on social media? I am. You can find me, Zofia Renea Morales, on Facebook and LinkedIn and Insta. If you do Zofia Renea, that's the fastest way to find me. Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A. There is only one of those. I, I was just going to say, I don't think anyone will have a problem finding you with that beautiful name. It's a beautiful name, as, and I feel like As long as you spell it properly, people want to throw PHs in there that don't oh, belong. Yeah. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't belong there. Well, yes. Well, awesome. Thank you again so much. And I hope you have a beautiful day. I will. You too. Blessings. Blessings.